Hey, everybody. This is Nick Fishman bringing you the SJV podcast. I wanted to welcome everybody and tell you that we're doing this one with a little bit of a twist. Ordinarily, you just hear our voices, uh, but today we're going to be simulcasting where uh, there is an option to watch us if you want to see, you know, my ugly face uh, or uh, or you can just listen on the podcast as you normally do. Um, I am joined here today by our CEO, president, founder, and I can't think of another title for you, Scott. I would have actually I would have combed my hair today if you would have let me know we were going to be video recording this. So thanks, Nick. I apologize for that. It will never happen again. <laughs> uh, that was Scott Vanek, everybody. Uh, and we're also joined here by Vince Brote, our uh, EVP of sales and account management. Uh, thanks for joining, Vince. Thanks, I'm Nick. Glad to be here. Uh, an hour of the day doesn't go by without me combing my hair. So yeah, I think I'm making up for it. Lucky guy. Lucky guy. It's time for me to go get the wax on my head, I think. I'm not, I'm not shiny <laughs> enough right now. So uh, guys, today we're, we're going to talk about a significant trend we're seeing in the marketplace right now among background screening companies um, in that a lot of them have been gravitating towards direct source data, like perhaps we haven't seen so much in this industry. Um, and so we're going to we're going to talk about that. But Scott, before we get started, um, I always like to go to you to kind of get an overview of what you've been seeing in the marketplace um, and in the background screening industry since the last time we talked. Uh, would you mind going into that really quickly? Yeah, it's just growing like crazy. That's for sure. I mean, we're the we're the uh, recipient of of, uh, of a strong economy. You're starting to see that recover and really take off. Um, you are. We're starting to see all of our uh, client partners. Um, all of them are, are are really doing a really great job. Um, I think the you know the gig economy. Um, that's again starting to help out. Um, so it's it's crazy to be able to try to to keep up. I, I I think I saw something recently that from from April, from last April to this April, we're up a hundred over one hundred and seventy five percent. Wow. And so, wow. so the, the, there's tons of challenges along with that, though. I mean, it, it's it's really hard to keep up with that, right? There's tons of hiring challenges and recruiting challenges and things like that that are taking place. Um, but we're trying to combat it as best we can and provide that that scale, uh, that scalability that our that our customers are looking for, which is another kind of a shift. Um, you know, they're really more focused on on, on the customer end, um, and they're wanting to rely on the supply chain. Uh, for the scalability aspect of things. And so, you know, that's what we're combating today. And, uh, but, but things are going great. Uh, super excited. Couldn't be more excited about, uh, about today and, you know, where we're at in terms of background screening and, and the future of our industry. It's good stuff. Yeah. I mean, hiring has been uh, at, a, at a record pace at this point. Um, unemployment is going way down. Um, it's still got a ways to go till we get back to pre-pandemic levels. Um, you said something interesting to us, or you've said it a couple of times now that people are viewing this as the roaring twenties, uh, right. again. Yeah. And yeah, that- consumer spending. I mean, look at, if you drive, look at used cars right now, all of our, uh, if you drive a used car today, it's worth more than it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those computer chips are causing issues in, in the automotive industry. And that's going to be, that's going to linger, they say, for up to a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, there's just the benefits, consumer spending across the board. Uh, people are anxious and people want to get back out. So it's good. It's really good stuff. It's a, it's an exciting time to uh, 
to be uh, to be an American. That's for sure. And I'll, I'll direct this to both of you. Uh, maybe Scott start, and then Vince, feel free to uh, tag on here. Are you guys seeing the volume industry wide? Are you seeing it in pockets or in niches, or is this really just an overall um, recovery? That you're hey, it's it's industry wide, Vince. I'll go quick first, and it's industry wide. I mean, we're even having customers that we we that struggled during the pandemic that we perhaps made some special arrangements with to help them to get through some rough times. They're now calling and saying, "We're good." You know, we're, we're, we're ready to, we're ready to move on and, and things can go back to normal. So, you know, that's like the tier, tier three type, the smaller type, uh, background screening company. So everybody seems to be really, uh, really prospering right now. Yeah. I think you see it across every segment of our client base right now. So you've got, you know, your large CRAs and Scott mentioned the midsize, smaller CRAs, but also tenant screening companies. They're way up as people are looking to, to move or, or do something differently. Um, so every portion I feel like is just on fire with growth right now, which is great to see. And I know we want to get to our main topic, but Scott, you mentioned something a couple of minutes ago about um, a lot of companies, uh, a lot of CRAs continuing to shift the burden of uh, responsibility uh, from them and their direct teams over to the supply chain. Um, are you... Th- do you believe that that is here to stay? Um, and is it because companies let people go during the pandemic and just don't plan to hire again? Yeah, absolutely. Because they're struggling with some of those th- same things. The, the recruiting, the hiring, the onboarding is probably some of the hardest it's ever been in my entire career, actually. That's what we're, what we're seeing in the last few months. Um, so yeah, they're relying on, on groups like ours to, to supply that scalability that they need. They, they, they don't want to manage that part of their business anymore when they don't need to, right? Yeah. They could focus all those resources and any of those dollars on research and development, on technology, things like that, that are really going to allow them to grow. Yeah. And then, you know, using us as, as the backend engine. So it's really exciting. I mean, our verifications division is just blown up. It's, it's, it's the busiest that, it, that it's ever been. Um, and again, that is attributed to people not wanting to hire that. They're wanting to subcontract, not just portions of it anymore, but like most of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, what, what's amazing to me is that um, for CRAs for so long, the biggest issue was right sizing. How do you staff according to when your peak and uh, mm-hmm. your peaks and valleys are going to be? And now, you know, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but using a third party to do it, it takes all the guesswork out of that. Yeah. And you can't, you can't think of peaks and valleys right now. I don't know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. What's occurring right now is very interesting. T- today's is going to be really the, the history that we'll fall back on and look a year from now and go, okay, now I have some data that I could use, but you can't use the last year or so worth of data or nine months worth of data because it was it's, it's corrupted. It was, it was different during the pandemic. And now all of a sudden it's just, you know, again, the, the 175% up from month over month from previous year, I'm sorry, for previous year, that's, that's crazy to try to predict that stuff. And so what does next April look like? Hmm. <laughs> Another 175%. We'll see. I don't think, I don't think so. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna edit this portion out of the broadcast. <laughs> I think my re- my recruiting team and my HR team would all quit if if I told them that was uh, that was going to yeah. be like that. But per- perhaps it is, and and you've just got to prepare and plan for it. Yeah. So, so I think Vince, I alluded probably to like eighty five percent of my day is spent with my team 
uh, in conversations with CRAs talking about exactly what, what Scott just said. And they're, they're coming to us and they're saying, hey, look, I know you, you, you look at, you know, one county or one verification, you know, transactionally, that's how we do things. But all that business came back faster with them than their rate of uh, you know, employee callbacks did. Yep. So yep. now they're seeing the benefit of the top line increasing without the burden of the labor associated with it. And if you're asking me, you know, is that here to stay? I think a lot of business owners and founders and investors are saying, yeah, I want that margin to stay there. I don't want to suddenly stop, pull all this back in house, and then my labor goes way up. And now I've got my forecasting problem again. So the questions that we're getting now on these calls are not, can we send this to you? It's more, can you do this for us indefinitely? Can you scale with our growth? So we're having different conversations now than we did pre-COVID. And that leads me to believe to think that this is here to stay for a long while. Yeah. So speaking of new trends, and and, and this is the, where we jump into the main topic uh, that we wanted to talk about today. Um, much of SJV's success over the last several months, well, and frankly, for quite some time now, has been in direct source data. Uh, where there there are no third parties in between us and the data that we're procuring. Um, can you explain exactly what we mean by direct source data and in what form that comes, Vince? Yeah, so what we call direct source data is all about the primary source being the single point of truth. There's lots of different products and services out there that can aggregate data or combine data. But at the end of the day, a lot of what CRAs and tenant scooters need is they need primary source verification. And I'm not just talking about county criminal searches. I'm talking about uh, criminal or statewide or civil or verifications of various types. So we have the ability through our employee network, through our reachability and our scalability to be that direct link directly to the primary source of truth. And I think a lot of that started probably like you mentioned, you know, COVID is probably two years ago. I think Scott and I were on this business trip. I think we were out in California and we were visiting, you know, five, six, seven CRAs in two or three days, like we always do every year. And we were just in the car and we were like, hey, did that CRA just say the exact same thing as the other one? We want to get closer to the data. Can you help us get closer to the data? because there's various levels of, of cost in there and turnaround time and efficiencies. And we realized we were already in a pretty unique position to do that. So even before COVID-19 hit, we were making investments in saying, how can we be the primary source data provider for everything we do, even more so? Yep. Yeah. And and right now, if, if memory serves correct, we're at like 93% business overall of direct source data. So we've certainly been plugging away. Um, what is the value of direct source? Um, not not necessarily to us. I mean, it's pretty obvious what it is to us, but what is it to CRAs? So I, I quickly put that in three buckets. Usually the discussion centers around one is you'll have operational, um, two is you'll have compliance, and three most importantly for a lot of people is financial. So quickly, the operational impact is now I'm removing a layer uh, in the chain of custody of data, which removes a chance for error, which reduces turnaround time, which reduces service response time. 
I'm going directly to the point of origin of the data to obtain it. And now my work as a CRA can begin. So from an operational standpoint, it's highly effective. The second thing from a compliance standpoint really comes back to quality. So you're not having to worry about what someone saw at the primary source, what they reported to another furnisher, and that furnisher then does something with it and goes to the CRA. It's a much cleaner, more accurate, more actionable result right away. And I think the last piece, which is financial, which you know motivates most everybody is you're removing essentially an entire layer of markup in the supply chain when you use a provider that has access to the direct source. And I think we saw this probably, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, um, you know, back in the day at NAPBS, you'd have all these different booths and, you know, this is, you know, Missouri record retrieval and this state record retrieval and that state, you're seeing the wholesalers now occupying that, that state, that, that, or sorry, that, that state of play, that position, and just going directly wherever they can, whether it's through automation or direct employee research at the courts. Getting that cost layer out is one of the biggest cost takeout exercises a CRA can do right now is, okay, instead of doing this myself, let me go directly to that provider, avoid any additional markups, saving money every day. Yeah. And I think there's an added benefit too, you know, with automation, with the automated records, the information is what it is when you're able to pull it out of the system. But with our proprietary networks, where we literally have our own researchers that are going into these these courts, it also gives us some control over the way that the data is procured and and presented back to the client, right? Yeah, I think every CRA has, um, I joke on all these calls, I say, what's your glitter? What's your special glitter you're going to put on this? You know, because at the end of the day, it's all public record. Vince Vince loves glitter. I love it. I put all over, all over. So anybody um, put some on his face for this uh, for this podcast? Just some concealer. Um, So no, I think uh, I think a lot of folks look. It's public record data, and it's the same kind of jobs people are employing, but they want the data a certain way, a certain format. It's the way their operational process is is wholly unique even against the CRA who may be in the same office building as theirs. Mm-hmm. So when you do have that control over how information can be directly sourced, you have control over how it can be presented and reported as well. So you have custom guidelines and configurations and rules, ways you can make your operation even more effective as the ultimate consumer of that primary source data. Hey, I think, you know, sorry, Nick, um, Vince is right. I like the word he used, actionable. But but one thing, I'm going to add a little twist to this is, to me, if people have to start thinking the direct direct source data is the most relevant from a quality perspective. And right now, this is the twist. With like current societal challenges, they're pushing to make sure that any personal data is absolutely accurate so it doesn't put any certain classes or people at a disadvantage. So that's the difference is, is the quality is directly from the source. And that's why it, to me, is it will continue to be the best, best type of data and puts us in a really great spot because that's what we're experts at. Yeah. So Scott, without putting you on the hook to tell us where uh, we, we look to expand our-, our, our Everywhere. Program. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. So, so seriously, what, you know, what is our plan to, to, to expand and how do you go about choosing where you should be doing that? Uh, wow. I mean, there's a lot of factors there. There, there used to just be a, a calculator that we would use that would kind of dictate um, the, the, the demand for the volume coming in. 
um, you know, we would then look to replace somebody. But we're, we're looking ahead of that now and just realizing that, again, based on all these things that we just talked about, how relevant, how relevant it is to make sure we're the very best at getting that kind of data. Uh, we're, we're building out those models today through technology and through people. Uh, and so it's just a lot more aggressive. We're willing to make that investment a lot quicker than we were in the past, perhaps. Sure. Sure. Um, and, and, and Vince, um, I'll direct this to you. So unfortunately you can't have direct source data in every single jurisdiction across the country. It's just not practical. Um, there are some places that there's just not enough volume to justify it, or perhaps there is not, um, the ability to be able to, um, automate a specific court. So at some point you do have to rely on third-party researchers. Talk to me about how SJV makes their selections about, about the third-party researchers and how, um, and how people can be more comfortable when direct source data is not available. Yeah, it comes back to the word that Scott just mentioned is quality. We have a very, very high standard for the level of data and service that we provide to our customers. It's been one of the reasons they trust us with uh, all the things they've done and that growth rates got mentioned for the last year. So we start with quality as the steel thread that kind of runs through our whole process. If we can't direct source the data, we then go to the next person who can. We don't go through two or three different levels of buying or interpretation of data being reported from group to group to group. We try to go cradle to grave ourselves whenever possible. We have a very sophisticated system, unlike anything else that's out there in background screening, that is tailor-made for individual, jurisdictional, transactional uh, workload to occur. So we're able to manage things at the search level, at the jurisdiction level, at the researcher level in numerous ways. So we still take our same approach to, if we did this ourselves, what would the quality standard be? And we just apply that to the next primary source that's available. That's really what it comes down to. Cool. Um, all right. And we were talking about that 93% um, of direct source data through SJV. Uh, it applies to other areas, as we had alluded to it before. Um, I, I'll direct this to either one of you. Um, tell us about how it's being used in the other areas of our business, in, in verifications, in, in, in our healthcare compliance, things like that. I mean, I'll take a stab at the verification side. Uh, I mean, it's it's getting getting the data directly from the you know from the employer, and continuing to aggregate that which has led us to want to create, you know, informed data, build that platform where our customers can share, um, you know, verified direct source data from the employer, um, being allowing them to get access to it amongst a community. Uh, so again, it's, it's the most relevant because it's accurate. You know, you're getting that and recording it directly from, from the source itself. This one just happens to be the employer instead of a courthouse. Yeah. And for those of you that uh, are unfamiliar with the term uh, Scott used before in forum, that is the uh, consortium project we're working on, um, whereby uh, we will allow CRAs and other uh, folks that have verified employment and education data um, to be able to contribute that information for the greater good of all CRAs. 
um, be looking, be on the lookout for for plans for that and for how that's going to work um, very shortly. Um, but we're very excited about it. Uh, Vince, uh, Scott talked about verifications. Talk to us about healthcare sanctions. Yeah. So one of the things we talk about on our platform, the Connect platform that we utilize, and we also offer a portal for clients to log in and access it too, is that we have access to 5,000 primary sources. They're unique. They're not duplicated. And obviously, with respect to the growth in our industry, we're seeing a tremendous growth in the healthcare screening sector. It's a no-brainer with everything that's been going on the last year. We started to see more and more people uh, looking at, okay, maybe I was getting a component of healthcare screening as part of a bundled service option. Maybe it was part of my NACRAM or part of my overall data profile. Now they want to go directly to the sources required. We're talking alphabet soup, right? You know, SAM.gov and OIG and GSA, the old stuff that's in there, ICE, all that kind of stuff. And we're seeing there's a huge demand and increase for that at every segment of the, of the industry. Previously, you know, I think a lot of people look at healthcare screening as, well, you've got to be this great, big, huge CRA and source a lot of that stuff directly. Well, no, when you have a primary source provider available to you on your third-party software platform, you can specialize in reporting that too. And a lot of people are taking advantage of that. Yep. Okay. Um, Scott, I kind of, you alluded to this earlier. I've used that word alluded uh, quite a bit during this. Can uh, you spell it though? No, I can't. I can't even use it in a sentence. Um, what about bona fides? Yeah. <laughs> That's coming. That's for our, number one. For our listeners at home. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Instead of instead of repeating what you said about um, the fact that the, that direct source is here and it's here to stay, um, look at your crystal ball a year from now, um, or or even two years from now. How do you see this industry changing? Well, let me go back to the, your first one because I, I think I I, I I highlighted a little bit, but I think using the word equitable and how that's so important to a younger generation than perhaps it was to 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 my generation. And so I think, again, having the, the correct and the accurate information is going to be the most relevant thing going out into the future because that's what, that's what those people are focused on. I don't blame them. That's what they're focused on doing. And so that puts us in a position when we talk about our R&D and the things we're focused on, we need to make sure that we're following that trend, not following kind of my age group anymore and, and, and on the hiring practices, but, but 70 and up. Yes, 65 and up. Thanks. Okay. Um, but no, but it's it's the younger generation. What are they demanding? What are they looking for? Don't think that the way we were doing business yesterday is still going to be the way we should be doing it tomorrow. Yeah. So I think that leads me into what does a crystal ball look like? That's interesting. I don't know exactly, right? Um, but I can tell you those who are going to be successful are the ones who are willing to watch what's happening around them and make changes. That's the reality of it. If, again, if you're doing it the old way, it's not going to last long. It's just not. Yep. Your, 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 your fuse is going to burn out a lot, a lot quicker than others. And so watching what the younger generations, they're the ones that are making up, like my son's age, 18, going to be going to college and then going out in the workforce here soon. Your daughter, Nick, is, is, is at that age. Um, where What are they looking for? What's important to them? And that's what you have to follow. Maybe perhaps putting the uh the the data the, the individually they're personally in charge of the data i mean that's the kind of stuff you hear about today right like certainly that's going to happen to what extent 
as long as we don't let government get too involved and keep them out and let the private sector figure it out because we will figure it out. We will figure out what's best practices for yeah. sure. The, yeah, the government side of it is a whole other podcast. We could do it a later date. Yeah, true, true, true. So um, I hope that I hope that, that kind of wrapped it up pretty, pretty good. Yeah, no, no, no. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, before we let everybody go, um, I just want to plug a couple of things that we're doing around this kind of direct source uh, topic. Uh, we actually just earlier this week released an ebook uh, on direct source uh, and how um, background screening firms can use direct source data to their advantage. Uh, we are going to be doing a webinar uh, featuring uh, Scott, Vince, uh, Bill Wilder, and myself on May 26th. Um, just sent an invitation out for that one today. Um, and uh, and you can expect to see a lot of blogs and a lot of uh, thought leadership content being developed around this idea. Um, we think it's vitally important for CRAs, um, whether they're using SJV or anybody else, um, that the idea is to get as close to the source as you possibly can. Um, if you have uh, any questions, please feel free to reach out to us and uh, check us out at www.sjvdata.com. Thanks everybody for your time. Thanks, Scott and Vince.